Welcome to You, Me, and PD, a podcast about the experience of living with Parkinson's disease where we share the voices of both the caregiver and the diagnosed. Jeremy Lickness received his diagnosis of young onset Parkinson's disease in early 2020. He and his wife Doreen share candid conversations about symptoms, solutions, challenges, triumphs, and both the physical and emotional aspects of living with Parkinson's disease. Season one, the year of the diagnosis. And now your hosts, Jeremy and Doreen. And today I am super excited to have a very special guest on the podcast. That would be my daughter, Lizzie. Lizzie, welcome. Thank you. I'm really excited to be on today. I appreciate you offering to come on and share your perspective. Before we jump in, do you want to share a little bit just about yourself and your background, besides, of course, being my daughter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm Lizzie. I am his daughter, as you mentioned. And I'm currently living in Colorado Springs, Colorado. We love it out here so far. Went on a hike this morning, which was great. And right now it's me, my husband, and our dog, Willie Nelson. Um, so yeah, we've just been exploring, enjoying life, and uh, all the craziness that comes along with that. <laughs> that is a great description of life. It is definitely full of craziness. Mm -hmm. And we got to meet Willie on a trip to Colorado Springs. And he is a fun guy. I can't wait till he meets our pepper. That'll be fun. Yeah, he has a lot of personality, but he keeps it entertaining. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so let's talk about uh, Parkinson's disease <laughs> and dial it back because it's it's pretty recent, I think, for both of us, right? It was just last year. Of course, it was also COVID. So it made it <laughs> feel like five years yeah. instead of one. But I think I gave you a phone call, said I had some news. You knew that I was tracking down problems and, and symptoms, mm -hmm. and we finally got the final diagnosis. What were your thoughts and your reactions when we had that conversation? Yeah, so the first thing that kind of came to mind was it actually, to me, kind of paralleled some of mom's health problems that she has had over the years because I know there was a period for a while where she was having some weird symptoms and they were doing a bunch of tests on her to try to figure out if it was something neurological. They thought it might be MS at one point. Um, so I remember that was a stressful process. That was a few years ago. And it ended up not being MS, which was really good. But that was kind of the big one that they were concerned about. So with you, when that process started and they were like, well, you know, there is always a chance that it's Parkinson's. I guess I kind of thought back to mom's journey. And in my mind, I thought, oh, well, we've heard that before, but it's definitely not that because he's so young and healthy. And I mean, you guys are some of the healthiest people I know. <laughs> so I, I didn't really think it was a, a strong possibility. But I remember... Solomon and I were in Chattanooga, Tennessee, actually, for the day. And you called as we were driving up uh, Signal Mountain or Lookout Mountain, one of those. I can't keep them straight. But we were driving up and you called and said you had some news. And you let us know that it was, in fact, Parkinson's. And 
it, I was totally shocked. I didn't really see it coming. So I was kind of processing and I got kind of emotional that day. And it was just a weird revelation because again, you guys are both so healthy and young in my mind. <laughs> and it was just really weird because I, I didn't really know a whole lot about it. So I started researching it. And of course, a lot of the preliminary things that come up when you research it are a lot of the big scary things of like side effects and how it progresses and things like that. So I got kind of wrapped up in that right at the beginning and then had to kind of dial it back and just say, you know, everyone's situation is different. We don't know how it's going to progress in you specifically. So there's no point worrying about it until, you know, that time comes at least. So that was my initial reaction. So that's interesting you say that because people's exposure to Parkinson's varies so much. I know that I knew that Michael J. Fox had it and I knew that it caused tremors. And I think that's the extent of most people's knowledge and they don't know much else. Uh, Had you known or been familiar with Parkinson's disease before I shared the diagnosis? No, pretty much the same. I knew of Michael J. Fox and I had always heard people just being like, oh, it's so crazy how different he is from in his heyday, like back to the future and family ties and all that to now, because it's pretty obvious that he has it. Um, It is, you know, it seems to be somewhat under control, but you can definitely tell he has the tremors. So I only really knew about that. And I feel like I'd seen it in people before, but just didn't really know what exactly it was or how it really affected things. And I know Solomon didn't know either. He was like, so what exactly is Parkinson's? Like, what does that mean? And I was like, I don't really know. So I kind of looked it up and that's where I saw some of that information. Um, I didn't know about like the stages of it or anything or yeah, pretty much nothing aside from Michael J. Fox, who is probably the most popular example of it, at least right now. That I can think of. And more recently, I know Ozzy Osbourne, I think, has it as well. So, yeah, it's actually nice not that people get it, but when high profile people come out and share it, because I think every time that happens, it raises awareness a little more, even if someone just goes on a spree of internet searches to to find out more. It's, yeah, it's good. The statistics are crazy at how fast people are being diagnosed with Mm. uh, Parkinson's. But um, I was thinking back to what you originally said, and there were a few things in there Mm -hmm. to to break apart. The parallels with mom Mm -hmm. are uh, amazing. And we were both, uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, we were surprised but felt it was serendipitous that I had the opportunity to take care of her and watch her back, (laughs) literally, right? (laughs) And um, for her, the role is now reversed and she's kind of watching out for me. So we've got experience with uh, taking care of each other. But the the other thing is you said that uh, we're young in your mind. We're young in our mind too. (laughs) That's uh, one of the, the crazy things is when you're diagnosed with something like this young, Mm. There's so much more time for things to happen. And I think a lot of people Mm -hmm. focus on the idea that, oh, my symptoms are going to get so bad because I have so much time ahead of me. Mm. And, you know, it was funny because the first thing I thought was, okay, let me figure out every way I possibly can to slow down the progression. 
and be optimistic that there will be either a cure or some way to at least halt its progress coming up in the future. Yeah. So in your, I guess, reactions afterwards, uh, what was it like just communicating with people? Did you have any awkward situations or did it change kind of how you thought about or approach things? Or was it pretty much you processed the information and said, okay, it, it is what it is and kind of moved on? I'm curious. Yeah, I think I made a post about it or I referenced it in some form of social media. And I got a lot of really like encouraging positive responses from it. But it was interesting because I know that there were a handful of people who responded and they were like, Oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Like just very, very nice messages, but very not dramatic, but maybe seeing their responses made me think, Oh, should I be more affected by this? That sounds weird to say, but I was definitely emotional when you first told me. And then I kind of thought about it. And I just know, again, kind of like you said, you and mom are such a good team and you complement each other so well. And I just know the type of people that you are that you're not ones to, you know, for either of your medical histories to get a diagnosis and then just kind of say, all right, well, I guess I'm never doing this again, or I guess this will never happen. You're both very determined and you kind of jump into things and say, okay, well, that's not what I was expecting, but how can I make the most of it? And how can I, you know, still make this maybe a positive thing or what changes can I make to accommodate it? So I just know for the people you are that you would tackle it head on. And I guess I wasn't as scared when I thought about it from that perspective. So kind of seeing people's responses, I think that the way they responded was also kind of informed by the fact that, like we talked about, people don't really know a whole lot about it uh, unless they're personally affected by it or unless they interact with it, really. And so it was just kind of interesting to see those responses from people that were very, um, yeah, just very, I guess, concerned or kind of shocked. And I definitely put things in perspective. For me, it just kind of made me think kind of long term, you know, what does that mean for our family and down the road if things do progress? You know, what's that dynamic going to look like as far as you and mom and your ability to take care of each other and do things independently and things like that? So that's definitely something that has, you know, something I think about more often now. And I don't really you know, get caught up in it too much. Because again, right now, you're both still very independent and go on adventures all the time and (laughs) very physically, mentally capable, all these things. So I'm not worried about you guys in the slightest. But I just do wonder down the road what it'll look like and, you know, some of those things. And I know you guys are really good, obviously, with planning for that the best you can and making sure that you're set up for you know, things to be as seamless as possible and things like that. And you've made it very easy on me, which is awesome. Um, as far as knowing like, okay, in this circumstance, you know, here's all the info you need. Here's, you know, all the resources, things like that. So yeah, it's, it's definitely made me think about the long term and, you know, years down the road, what might happen. But I think, even, you know, again, paralleling with mom when she got her scoliosis diagnosis of how serious it was and all the surgeries and all that, 
she kind of took it as motivation to do things that she'd been wanting to do rather than like an obstacle to doing things. And I think you've done the same, obviously, with working out so much and so heavily and going on all these trips and getting so involved with fundraising and things like that. So I think that's awesome. And I know you guys will keep it up. So yeah, I'm not worried about you. Well, I'm happy to hear that. That's definitely (laughs) one of the burdens that happens on both sides, right? I think Mm -hmm. uh, someone with a diagnosis, it's natural to be concerned with, you know, how how long am I going to be able to take care of myself and what's it going to be like for my wife who can't bend, lift, or twist because of her surgery to have to take care of me or our children or someone else, right? Yeah. But on the flip side, then that puts a burden on you. Like, Mm. well, what's my life going to be like? Because Mm -hmm. do I have to plan for this soon or later or not at all? Yeah. So that's a good good point to to raise. Mm -hmm. I guess um, one of the questions I have is after you did your initial research and you saw some of the first impressions and things like that, since Mm -hmm. then, have you learned anything interesting new about Parkinson's or anything that surprised you? Mm, nothing specifically as far as like scientific facts or things like that, but I guess just a better understanding of what it actually looks like and what it actually means for someone's day-to-day life and how it can really look so different for so many people and affect different people in different ways, things like that. Because again, I think there's such a stereotype surrounding it or a lack of understanding surrounding it. And people just kind of associate it with, you know, older people, maybe grandparents, things like that. And I didn't really know of anybody your age who had it and kind of what that meant. So I think through you kind of tapping into that community of early onset Parkinson's disease groups and the Michael J. Fox Foundation, um, which, you know, I attended one of the early onset Parkinson's groups. Um, I didn't go to the event itself, but I went to the kind of after lunch thing and saw that kind of crowd and met some of them. And it was just really interesting to see. Um, I guess how common it is in people of younger ages, which surprised me for sure. And just how it kind of manifests itself so differently in everyone else. Like I know for you, your symptoms so far have been fairly isolated on one side of your body, but I know for some people it, you know, affects them in a totally different part of their body or in a totally different way. So yeah, it's just, it's very interesting to see how it's different for everybody and also how people kind of respond to it when they receive that diagnosis. Cause I know sometimes I've seen people in that community get the diagnosis and either them or their family becomes very angry and, you know, maybe depressed and kind of lashes out and, I'm glad. I'm sure you've had moments of feeling those things, but I'm glad that overall you've chosen to make the most of it and kind of take advantage of it and get involved and, you know, be a source of knowledge and inspiration to others rather than just getting kind of down on yourself and again, focusing on the obstacles rather than the opportunities of it. That makes sense. And that's great uh, feedback because, you know, you mentioned something earlier 
about how when you were researching it and saw some of the preliminary information, you thought, oh, should I be <laughs> more upset about this? Right. And, you know, that's one of the things for me. I uh, obviously when I got the diagnosis, I wasn't happy about it. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I immediately started thinking of how is this going to impact my life and what can I do mm -hmm. about it? But I've spoken with people who have just been completely devastated. And I'll yeah. admit, I had the same reaction. Like, am I not taking this seriously enough? Is right. What's the expectation? So, the, the great thing is, what I've focused on is finding people who have had it for a long time mm -hmm. and have their symptoms under control. Yeah. And I realized that there's only so much that I'm in control of. The mm -hmm. disease is going to take its own course. But there is a, a piece I'm in control of. And being able to see people who are doing well and understanding what they've done, what they've chosen to do. And it's a combination of medications, of exercise, of diet, and even just things like uh, stress. Yeah. I know stress is a, a huge trigger and a lot of people reorganize their life to, to reduce stress, mm -hmm. which is a, a big factor. And the next thing that I have top of mind is we had the diagnosis and you had the opportunity to come stay with us for a while. Mm -hmm. And then because of COVID, obviously, when you moved to Colorado Springs, it was a, a good minute before mm -hmm. we were able to come down and visit. Mm -hmm. Did you notice anything related to symptoms and did it make you react any certain way when we were visiting or how, how does that Mm -hmm. impacted, I guess, uh, your perspective when, when we're together. Yeah, it is interesting. Obviously, I lived with you guys for many years and kind of saw like the very beginnings of it or moments where I was like, now that I look back on it, I'm like, oh, was that maybe one of the first little signs that we didn't pick up on things like that? But I think one of the biggest things, not even from when you guys visited us, but when I visited you in... uh a couple months or a couple, yeah, like two months ago or so, um, whenever that was. But I noticed you had the face tremor, um, which mom had kind of told me about. But I think we were just, you know, in the kitchen doing something and you had the face tremor, which kind of made it look like you were scowling or you were angry. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what's your deal? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and you were like, what do you mean? And I said, you're s literally scowling as you're like making a bagel. And you were like, uh, that is not something I'm in control of. That is one of my <laughs> And I felt bad that I like forgot about it or didn't pick up on it. But I think you and I both especially have a very similar sense of humor. And we kind of can laugh at those moments that maybe other people, it might, it might be kind of a trigger and make them emotional or might be kind of awkward. I think you and I are kind of on the same wavelength of we're able to kind of laugh at those things, which I'm grateful for. So it, it turned out to be kind of a funny thing, but yeah, that was different just because I would kind of look over at you and you'd be scowling <laughs> your book or whatever. And, uh, yeah, it definitely took it kind of an adjustment of being like, okay, he that's not his, actually how he's feeling right now. It's just the tremor. Um, and then, you know, with the handshaking, um, I, I think I've become used to it now. But when we go kind of long spans without seeing each other, 
and I see it again, I'm like, oh, that looks really frustrating. You know, it just looks really <laughs> annoying to not be able to really control that. I know if you focus really hard, you can kind of lessen it um, to an extent. But yeah, I definitely sympathize for you because I see, you know, you're still able to do things on your own kind of day to day, but I have seen how it affects some of the things you do or just affects you in specific moments. And um, I think that's, you know, frustrating for me because I know that no one's in control of it and it's really frustrating for you, I'm sure. So I definitely feel for you in those moments. Yeah, it's interesting because uh, I'll have some days where my hand tremors nonstop all day yeah. long and that does get old and frustrating. Yeah. And I also wonder what it's going to do to my muscle balance too, <laughs> but that's oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, neither here nor there. The scowling thing, though, mm-hmm. that was a real concern of mine. And yeah. the the I knew I was feeling something going on with my face. It felt like mm-hmm. this kind of weird twitch that happened. Yeah. But- uh, because of COVID, all my meetings are virtual, and so mm-hmm. we have cameras on. Oh, and right. I could see myself on the camera, and suddenly I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I look like I'm just snarling and angry at the people." Yeah. So I actually started turning my camera off a few times, and then I was practicing what I could do with my face so it didn't look that way. And I ended up telling my coworkers, "Like, hey, this is one of my new symptoms I have. So don't think I'm mad." Yeah. <laughs> my face is literally curling up. Like that on its own as a a side effect, which I'm thankful, even though that was a new symptom, it only lasted for like, I don't know, a month or two. And I haven't had that happen recently. I can't be as expressive on the left side of my face as I'd like to be, or is it the right side? I don't know. I get confused. (laughs) But like when I think I'm smiling, I'm actually doing a half smile, which looks kind of weird, but. It's interesting, kind of like you have a you had like Novocaine from the dentist or something. Yeah, exactly. That's huh. exactly right. That's interesting. Yeah. So I guess the last question that I have for you is, given that we're so close, and you know you've gotten to, I say gotten to, like it's a great thing, and everyone should get to experience it. But you've had the experience of hearing about the diagnosis and. Mm-hmm. And responding to that, if someone here is listening and either they are someone who's gotten diagnosed Mm -hmm. and they're concerned about telling their loved ones, or it's someone who's listening because they're trying to understand more about Parkinson's disease because their loved one got diagnosed, Mm -hmm. what advice do you have as the daughter of someone with Parkinson's Mm -hmm. disease? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on some of it. I think from kind of your side of things of being the person who has the diagnosis, I think what you said about, you know, really just focusing on what you can control instead of all the things you can't control is really important. And I think for a lot of people, the reason that that diagnosis or even other health issues are so impactful is because it forces them to change so much of their lifestyle. And I think that thankfully, you know, you and mom were already living a healthy lifestyle. So you just kind of bumped it up in a way, but it's not like you had to completely change your diet or your day-to-day schedule or things like that, which I think helped a lot. So I think focusing on what you can control and trying to make the most of that. And I think it is important to kind of, you know, on both sides of it, kind of take that moment 
when you initially hear it to be upset because there's really no good in um in kind of trying to push that down or deny it. It's okay to be upset. It's perfectly normal and uh but I think it's important not to wallow in that too long or not to focus on that as the main, you know, reaction because at the end of the day, it's really not going to help anything. It might even hurt. You don't know. Um, so I think take that moment to be upset and then, you know, educate yourself. Don't go down the rabbit hole of all of the bad things about it, but just get some neutral information about what it is so you can understand it a little better. And then, you know, just take into account the fact that it's different for everybody. So. The unknown can definitely be a stressful factor of it. And we don't know what's going to happen in the future. But for right now, like I've said, you know, you guys are healthy and in a pretty good place mentally, emotionally, things like that. I think you have a great support system. You have access to a lot of really good resources and information. And, you know, they're there to help you. So, yeah, I would say just focus on what you can control. and. It's okay to be upset, but at some point you do have to kind of accept it and move forward as best you can and just do the best you can to account for it and, you know, manage it. Um, Yeah, kind of a rambly answer, but I think that (laughs) hopefully, hopefully in there, there's some helpful advice to someone. (laughs) I think that's great advice. And I think uh, people listening are maybe a little jealous because you got my back and I'm pretty happy to have have a family that's been so supportive. So that is awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your perspective. I'm sure it's going to be incredibly helpful to other people, whether they are trying to understand the impact that they have on their loved ones or, like I said, are are processing themselves. Is there anything else you wanted to share before we wrap up? Um, I don't think so, but thank you for having me on. And I'm glad I was able to kind of, you know, share my thoughts on everything. And I am thoroughly enjoying the podcast so far. I think it's a really awesome resource that you're putting out for other people. So I'm very excited to be a part of it. Well, thank you very much. And that is a wrap for episode three. To learn more about Jeremy and Doreen's journey and for the opportunity to contribute to a cure, please visit us online at youmeandpd.org. You, Me, and PD is produced by Poit Productions in New London, Connecticut. Our show is edited by Brandon Wen. Our music is by the Groove Chillers featuring Carl Franklin and yours truly, Doug Wolverton. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.